I mean, that Doug video that we found, I think we found that in college. Yeah, we did. And it really brought us back. <laughs> I never saw that. And I'm so grateful. Jim, you just missed out that day. You were probably doing homework like a nerd. <laughs> Um, I remember what my grades were senior year. I assure you that is what I was doing. We were looking up Doug Step videos. Jesus. Are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Funny Papers. A show where 30-something share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. One hairy mouth is sucking me, sucking oh my me, God. sucking me. <laughs> and Jim. Hey, uh, can anybody do podcasts? I mean, like, good. <laughs> Today, we cover episode 38, part two of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 38, part two's title is Doug's Garage Band. This is the One Little Voice episode, the song that has plagued my brain for about 30 years now. (laughs) (laughs) It's also very clearly something that plagued Jim Jenkins because there's like half of a verse to a song in this episode, but he does just keep on doing it over and over and over again the entire goddamn episode. I mean, so maybe this is the song that he wrote when he was a kid, and it's no, been... We, we know that's not the case because we know the song that it's a ripoff of. Yeah, I guess that's true, but maybe that was a ripoff of his song and he got so indignant <laughs> Once upon a time, Jim Jenkins uh, really pissed off some Swede who stole his song to get the number one jam of the summer of 1979. Jim, please refer what song you're talking about. I know you mentioned that to us before we started recording. Okay, them. so I, when I was listening to this for the first time, um, actually a complete uh, random thing. This is the only episode of Doug I ever saw any of. And I only saw, like, the last minute of it, and I didn't get any of it, so, okay, hooray me. And so it's been stuck in your head for 40 years! I also (laughs) didn't get any of the song parts of it, which high-fives me. But after I was listening to this episode, I was just like, wait, that, that chord progression, that precise rhythm, this rings a bell. And so, gentle viewer, I invite you to look up the 1979 hit Pop Music, M-U-Z-I-K, and discover that it has the exact same cadence as banging on a trash can, Think Big. Jim, I think you're the only person that I've ever known who would know that song and not the Doug song. (laughs) I have no idea why I know pop music. Like, it's just like the number of songs I know the name of. I is like you can use. I don't have to go more than my two hands to count them. I just remember this one because half of the fucking lyrics are the words pop music. And it's perfect because this is the Doug episode that you had seen a little bit too of too. So I think, Jim, this episode of Doug and that song are here to define the lore of your life. I think that's the only sensible conclusion we can draw from the evidence available. Yes. Today is your new birthday, Jim. Yes. Jim, as as Happy over the- Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Jim Jenkins heard a song once, so he wrote a shitty episode. So I think over the course of this podcast recording, I imagine that Jim is going to be going through a personal metamorphosis. He's going to be reborn into the world as a uh, having a new impression of Doug and having a new impression of music in general. So, dear reader, I think by the end of this, uh, Jim will have changed significantly, whether for the better or for the worse. We uh, we 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 don't know yet. But this is Jim uh, will just turn into a different kind of bug. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of bug is he right now? One day, young Jim awoke in his bed, transformed from a cockroach into a daddy long legs. Oh God! Bugs don't act me. (laughs) 
awful. Just awful. <laughs> we used to be roommates. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Now he's a swarm of daddy long legs. Sick. <laughs> he's a Jimmy long legs. Also, let's be real here. We're discuss- As something that is Doug adjacent, anytime the prospect of change is raised, you know what the punchline is. What? Nothing <laughs> fucking changes. Until now, until the metamorphosis. Not in of this your fucking life. episode, it doesn't, because the idea of improvement is raised and the response is, nah, fuck you. As always. Well, so let's get into this one. So this one begins with it shows Skeeter drumming on a trash can and a fire hydrant while Doug just starts doing like spoken word poetry of the lyrics. He begins by saying, They're doing this out the front of Raccoon Records, a notable place that's also in the mall. And the store owner pokes his head out and tells them to keep it down because he's on the phone. And then this repeats immediately. Uh-huh, because <laughs> they got to fill the times. They got to have them tell them to keep it down twice. But then there's also just a lengthy bit of the TV outside the record store. There's a TV in the record store? Yes, shut up. Anyway, yeah. it's playing an interview with Chap Lipman describing how he got into music in the first place. Yeah, recall, dear reader, that Chap Lipman is the drummer for the beats. Chap Lipman, world's greatest drummer. Uh, And he tells about how uh, he got started in music, that they all started, the whole beat started in a little garage in Liverpool. in Liverpool, thank you. Oh, fuck, Liverpool. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is Liverpool, well, hold on, on. okay, so I assumed this whole time, so we've had a big question throughout the entirety of any episodes that concern the Beats about whether the Beats are a local act or an international act. And in this, they tell us that they went on, that the Beats went on to become international celebrities. So uh, the Beats now, at least, are international celebrities. But is it possible that Liverpool, if it is Liverpool, I, I thought it was Liverpool in this, but I totally believe you that it's Liverpool, uh, is that located within Liver City, which is near Bluffington? Absolutely. This so is still a local thing. This is Mr. Bluff's closed circuit propaganda channel. Yes, they are international stars. Oh. And you'd know that if you ever left the Bluffington containment zone. But why oh. would you leave the zone? Everything's wonderful here. Interesting. And that's why all the different uh, interviews with musicians and stuff, that's why it's always the beats, right? Yeah, because they're the only fucking cultural product. <laughs> Fair. Except for, I guess, what was it? Larry and the Lard Mouths or something? Lard Butts. Lard Butts. Sure. <laughs> no okay. one's actually ever heard Larry and the Lard Butts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's probably just repackaged beat songs. But okay, so okay, so Liverpool, and then so I was thinking, okay, they're Liverpool, that's why they have English accents, because they're from Liverpool, but I guess not. I guess Liverpool is from Liver City, which is from the Greater Bluffington area. Liverpool is uh, like a Potemkin village. It's designed to mimic the effect of being from England within Bluffington containment zone. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. All right. Maybe some people are just born with English accents in this universe. Yeah. We also know that it's a containment area because we do know that the sheriff was in that episode reestablished, like yes. uh, they were singing about my lost my sock or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It was in his basement that they lost that sock. So yep. we know for a fact that this is somewhere within the greater Bluffington area. You're a hundred percent right. Being okay. British is a genetic disorder. <laughs> this both, is both true. Both in but... Doug and in real life. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> well, so, I mean, that's a very good point about the sock. Because, yeah, that sheriff was from Bloatsburg. And if these guys were from Liverpool in Chap's Shed, 
And they so they were initially writing in Chap Shed to write Killer Tofu, but then they wrote, I lost my sock. Where's my sock in that guy's house because that sheriff's because they house. were kicked out of the uh ah. of Chat Lipman's shed because as Chat Lipman said during the interview, he kept on hitting the family cat. They did. Yeah, he does say that. Well, I just, you know, be hitting a bowl or, you know, a cat. I mean, mum would say, hello, Clyde. Clyde being my real name. Hello, Clyde, she'd say. Quit hitting that cat or I'll smack you in the head. And then I guess they were kicked out because he wouldn't stop hitting the cat. For his constant animal torture, he was thrown out of his home and stored in the dungeon of the local sheriff. (laughs) But then, using a cunning sock-based stratagem, they escaped containment and were able to spread the disease of being English into the wider population. (laughs) There it is. We just solved the mystery of the beats. In an episode that is only tangentially related to the beats, where only one of them is featured on a TV screen, we have fully figured out the lore of the Our brains are so powerful. God damn. Okay. Anyway, the episode starts now. (laughs) Yeah, so the episode begins with Doug and Skeeter being like, hey... Chap Lipman, our favorite drummer, began just by playing on trash cans outside of music stores and annoying the local populace. We could do that, too. And so Doug goes into the fantasy zone and imagines if a reporter was interviewing he and Skeeter uh, inside of his own garage. And they they pan through a bunch of like merchandise. The merchandise has like a Pez dispenser with Doug's face on it. They have a bag of chips that features them. It has a Skeeter and Doug Flakes cereal, which I imagine is just like flakes of their skin. Doug also looks like an 80s glam rocker here. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> weird vibe mix up because absolutely nothing that Doug does is in any way glam rock. I wonder if they're trying to just do like a timeless music thing here where they can't, you can't pinpoint what decade it's supposed to be. I mean, this is clearly not like, you know, any decade though. I mean, it's clearly like a 70s, 80s kind of look though, right? Right. But there, I mean, the garage band phenomena started in the 90s, I believe, with grunge rock. Hmm. Well, I mean, they, but they, their aesthetic that they're going for, like you say, is absolutely gr- glam rock. I, I don't yes. know if I'd put it as timeless. You don't see well, these guys. Skeeter, Skeeter looks like he's from the 70s and Doug looks like he's from the 80s. Ah, fair enough. Okay. So, so it's, I think they're just going through a, a spread here. Okay. So it's just music, musicians as a concept. Yes, okay. correct. <laughs> they need some uh, like uh, Gregorian chants in this as well. <laughs> Well, uh, so yeah, like you say, Doug has long blonde blowout hair with like a red bandana, golden crusted pants and red knee high boots. Hell yeah. Uh, Sick outfit. Yeah, it's very sick. Uh, Skeeter has long red hair also, but it's straight. Uh, He has blue rectangle glasses, a goatee and a yellow and orange checkered vest with uh, blue shoes. Skeeter looks more like a refugee from late 60s, early 70s, which is odd. It's also interesting, I think, that Skeeter in this fantasy has an English accent, but Doug does not. So (laughs) Perplexing choice, but you know. Turns out you're only allowed one ethnicity in the band. Damn shame. (laughs) I better he caught a case of English off a groupie. They've tried to find a treatment for it, but unfortunately, (laughs) uh, scientists remain baffled. Of course, maybe Doug has not yet uh, had it transmitted to him. Yeah, because Doug has never had sex. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, uh, they ask about, the reporter here asks about how they get their inspiration. And Doug is like, oh, I just come here to this shed, the shed where I grew up in, and I just find things around here, and they just give me my inspiration. And he pulls a plunger out from the middle of the garage. They're standing in the middle of the garage. He just picks up a plunger and he starts singing into it. He starts singing. Whoa, plunger, plunger. Whoa, plunger, plunger. What's very funny about this is that in the cartoon and in the like fantasy sequence, when he starts singing, uh, like it does a guitar riff and like a beat, but... 
the interviewer would not be able to hear that. So it's just a dude that looks like fucking Slash grabbing a plunger and going, plunger, plunger. <laughs> I think so. I think that's a big part of this is that like there are parts of most of these songs that Doug sings that aren't in reality. Right. Mm. Like, uh, for instance, when they're singing later, when they're doing their first cut of their first song, there's a bass part and there's no bass. <laughs> right. So there's I th- barely any banjo, which is what Doug plays. Right. Oh, yeah. Because the banjo sounds like ass. Oh, come on. I like banjos. Yes. Yeah, so you also like the TV show, Doug. I don't. <laughs> I have learned not that. I've been learning to play a little bit of banjo lately. It's fun. Yeah. We have to get you the vaccine as quickly as possible. It's going to destroy <laughs> your brain. Oh, no. The British vaccine. Yes. <laughs> the British banjo part. We have, like, it has the chance of turning you British. It's one of the very rare side effects of COVID 19. We're absolutely <laughs> petrified of. I mean, I'll take that. That sounds cool. My God, it's worse than we thought. You're already a high risk patient. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so Doug is singing into this plunger. It's just this awful song, and the plunger's probably already covered in poopy. The reporter Uh, is just smiling and nodding. Yeah, sure, anything that'll get me out of this garage alive. (laughs) And that does end the fantasy, just the reporter just being like, ha-ha, cool, guys. Anyway, I gotta go do a thing. Anywhere else. I gotta go report on something actually good. <laughs> uh, well, it, it cuts out to Doug and Skeeter have decided to write and record their first song immediately. Like they were just playing on trash cans and now they're just like, okay, shit, we need to record this. This is how songwriting works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. tracks. Just bang on trash cans. Well, it kind of is. I mean, that's kind of how it works. You just fuck around and then record something, and then you're just like, oh, that was actually pretty good. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, usually you write it out first, but whatever. It's nah. <laughs> because my illustrious father is the kind of music nerd who does crap like this, he actually dug up a, uh, like, there's a set of recordings of, like, the beta versions of songs, because there's all these various, like, most of the big, like, pop hits of their respective day were the result of incremental work. Like yeah. there was the beta version of the song and they record that. Then, okay, we've recorded all these. We're listening to them. Now, I don't think we're quite there yet. What if we fuck around with it in this way and that way? And it's really interesting watching a song that you've heard before take shape. Yeah. Definitely. So the idea that you just sort of wander on in, make some fart noises and, oh, hey, good. We've got a great song. That's how it works in a Disney movie and literally nowhere else. (laughs) I mean, this song does uh, evolve over time. Not always to Doug's specifications, but this particular song evolves over the course of the episode. Yeah, this is also weird because I want to establish at the beginning of this that this starts off in a dumb fantasy understanding of how creative things function. Because Jim Jenkins is once again writing about himself. And he is writing about how, man, wasn't it easy back when there was just two people? Like, back when it was just a small team, and I could just fart out whatever, and it just, the ideas were just there, and they happened. It might not have been the most polished thing, but damn it, I was happy. Unlike now. (laughs) Yeah, unlike after the producers get a hold of it. Damn shit. Yeah. So, (gasps) oh God. This is how nothing works, but it's how Jim Jenkins wants to remember the first season of Doug went. Well, uh, so they start the recording process. Uh, Skeeter has brought his trash cans into Doug's room. uh, And they start playing them, and Doug starts playing his banjo while Porkchop records it. Strumming on the street light Strumming on my banjo One little voice is calling me, calling me One little voice is calling me And it's in my head for the rest of my life. Uh Uh-huh. And now it's in your head, dear reader. (laughs) Sitting in there like a parasite. Yeah. And Okay, so Sam, you've had enough time to study this song, having it stuck in your head for 100,000 years at this point. What is the one little voice? 
Uh, I have had no reflection on this song whatsoever. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's just been there and you've refused to learn anything. Right. Exactly. That's how, but, I, how, how, I mean, that's how I go with any song. I get stuck in my head. I will never learn a single goddamn thing. <laughs> let's, let's figure it out now. Like, I, okay. I think now can be a moment of healing for you. A moment where we, 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 it's been this whole time, all these years, but it's been stuck in your head. It's been begging to be analyzed. It's been begging. Begging to sit there, it's been saying, Sam, Sam, I'm the little voice. I want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, that's the little voice. You think so? It's that. Yeah. The little voice is the song itself. Right. It's me. So this is a very. <laughs> it's my voice, my little voice. So you are talking to Doug in this instance? Yes. Okay. I'm calling him, calling him, calling him. <laughs> you're the little voice. I'm telling him to get out of my house. <laughs> I thought okay. you were just calling him to ask if he wanted to bang on a trash can <laughs> or drum on a streetlight. Oh. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, they record this, and they they record it, and they they go to celebrate at the Honker Burger, and there they meet their old friend BB, and BB immediately is just like i don't believe you have a band idiot you're not cool enough fair okay and they say they're like hey we're gonna we recorded already and we're gonna send it out to some record producers and this is what gets bb interested she sits down and she's like cool with them now she's like smiling and she's like amenable. She's like, hey, I can help you out. I know this guy through a friend of a friend and a cousin. I know Jimmy Sparkle. He'll be able to set you up with a recording deal. That tape that they had would sound like absolute dog shit because they used a tape recorder to record it. A tape uh-huh. recorder and a microphone that Judy had lying around. <laughs> Doug is playing a banjo into badly. Oh, that's how I started this podcast. So. And, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Jim, do you remember the microphone you had before I bought you one? <laughs> I choose not to remember, mostly because we established that Jim was killed by me around episode seven, and I replaced him. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> he lives within his microphone. It's important to establish the canon on these things. Of course, of course. <laughs> Well, uh, Doug, in a similar way, Doug says, this is the big break we've been waiting for all morning. Pretty good line. I think that's supposed to be a joke, right? I know. Yeah. yeah I think it is. I think it, I think that was an attempt. Yeah. That's, you know what? It's shaped enough like a joke. I'll give it to him. I'm feeling magnanimous today. Yeah. Pretty good joke. I'm not well, going that far. <laughs> all right. Fine. Well. After that evening, uh, BB comes over. She knocks on Doug's door and says that Spackle has listened to it and that he loves it. And he's set up a gig to perform this weekend already. Oh, and by the way, BB's in the band now, too. Womp womp. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to have to collaborate with an icky girl. <laughs> I don't think that's what his issue is. I don't think it's the girl, though, right? I think it's just that it's anyone. Yeah, no, it's gotta I be have... him and Skeeter. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to just be a two-man operation, but you know what? He really has to. Sometimes you got to make some compromises if you want to go for your big break. And so, because Doug is Doug, and somebody is pressuring him, well, okay, I guess we'll do that. I think that's a very important scene right here, because while they're having this discussion, Bibi is like, wait, you don't want me in the band? And she's like questioning this. And Doug is like, no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's like this and that. And while they're having this conversation, Bibi is in shadow. Like there's shadow all over her entire figure. And she's like glaring at Doug and she's staring at him from the outside. But I think the fact that she's like entrenched in like shadow, in mystery, in darkness, I think is very very important to this, right? Because it's like a, 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 a corrupting force. Did you ever listen to Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, actually. I understandably, you can guess what my favorite song in that is. Think of the things you can no, do with no, that no, money. That one. That one's no. less impressive. No, the <laughs> intro it. song for that guy. Now, gentlemen, you know why we are here. Just all incredible. We'd like to establish these are the bad guys in case you don't get it. (laughs) Sure, okay. 
Also, it's because they have the one guy in an incredibly bass voice talking about how, yeah, no, we're just going to kill this guy. He's ruining our power play. And there's a, some of that same setup here as far as one girl, two, exerting <laughs> any kind of dominance, three, entering into the sacred space of Jim Jenkins's creative vision. And as a result, you have the triumvirate of things Jim Jenkins can't fucking stand embodied mm. in this one pure being of shadow, a girl saying, hey, can I join the band? Interesting. And she's going to be the one to ruin it? Yes. The Yoko Ono effect. <laughs> Where she didn't actually ruin it, but she gets blamed for it all the time. That sucks. Yeah, that shit sucks. She didn't actually ruin it, but she's a girl in proximity to a story of a couple of gigantic egos clashing, and therefore, yeah, yeah sure, you must be the problem. The Oof. problem is that John Lennon finally had kind of a steady girlfriend, as opposed to just fucking every groupie he laid eyes on. Yeah, what a problem, am I right, fellas? God. You're right. <laughs> He's so right. Oh, my God. Phoebe's going to interrupt the dude's rock party of whatever. <laughs> Did they ever name this band? No. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, there's, there's, this, there's the music video part where it shows uh, the band name under it, but I don't think that was ever uh, specifically like named it that way, right? Gotcha. Because that's the only time when a name is specified at all. And... It is very exactly what you think it would be. <laughs> the title of the episode is Doug's Garage Band, and they never bother to name the garage band. Well, Incredible. when we see the music video that has the artist name in it, the artist name is Doug's Garage Band. <laughs> cool. <laughs> very good. Yeah. That's about what I expect. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, so... They eventually give in, and Doug is just like, all right, fine, you can be in, whatever. Because uh, she says, Don't you want to be famous, Doug? Well, of course, but then you have to think big. Think big? Doug's brain, Pokemon-like, adds a single line to <laughs> banging on a trash can, drumming on a street light, one voice. Yes. This brings Doug into the fantasy, I think, that defines this episode. The reason they did this episode in its entirety. The only yep. reason they did this episode was so Jim Jenkins could do another music video that was less awful than the Dougie D one. <laughs> That's right. This might be the longest fantasy sequence in all of Doug. I think so, too. And it's the one so the most effort goes into. And yes. unfortunately, that means we can't put the audio for the entire thing in this episode. We're kind of trying to stick to a, a time limit so that we don't get immediately DCMA'd. But uh, we go into this one, and it begins by showing, like, like we were saying, the, there's it shows like, so in the corner of like music videos at the time, they would say four things. They would say the title of the song, they would say the band, the album it comes off of, and then the production studio, right? All the Zoomers listening to this just immediately turn off their... Uh, right! <laughs> Fuck this, you fucking boomers. <laughs> this is a history lesson. <laughs> we're, we're just... We're old millennials. <laughs> Once upon a time, before everybody was on SoundCloud, and alongside yeah. a bunch of dramatic readings of fan fiction and God knows what else, yeah there used to be music television mtv <laughs> oh. and it was one of the it's kind of interesting <laughs> because it was one of the early cases of a meme that instantly became obsolete because mtv stopped doing music videos almost immediately yeah and so there was was it does it kind of say gen x boomer joke or a uh <laughs> Early millennial boomer joke, the bit about that'd hey, be Gen X. Yeah, it, I would guess. Yeah, late Gen X, early millennial of hey, remember back when MTV did music videos? No, uh -huh. no. Yeah. Oh, ha -ha, why did they call it MTV? Ha -ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are they called the History Channel? It's just everybody's. It's just them turning into Chuck Grassley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chuck Grassley. We're history on History Channel. <laughs> Chuck Grassley yes. still remains my problematic fave. Yes, the man is hideously horrible in literally every political respect, but he did say that a given Dairy Queen was a great place for you-know-what. 
He did get sucked <laughs> off behind a Dairy Queen, yes. Very and sweet. he alerts people when something related to history is on the History Channel. <laughs> As such, I sign off on anything and everything the man has ever done politically. Oh my god. He's also 114 years old and survived COVID, so you know that there is no uh, higher power. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just going to open up his uh, Wikipedia page, make sure no. that I haven't exposed myself to any kind of political... Oh, dear! <laughs> Anyway, well, so Doug imagines the beginning of his music video. It shows that the artist is Doug's Garage Band, and they are playing the song Banging on a Trash Can off of the album entitled Think Big, published by Jumbo Records. The song has changed like the while while you guys say that the lyrics have changed barely the song itself has changed a lot mm. right yeah it's a new wave song now yeah it like begins again with Doug like beat poeting about banging on the trash can as Skeeter like chases a trash can graphic around a white space and then suddenly BB swings in on a chain in like a warehouse next to a big crate of erasers. So I guess it's in an eraser factory. <laughs> sure, whatever. Must smell awful. <laughs> yes. And then Doug just turns into Michael Jackson and he his voice changes as BB and him duel on song lyrics between the little voice and thinking big. She just consistently cuts him off throughout the entire song. Alpha move. You got to remember to think big. Big. <laughs> think, think big. It's not a little voice. It's a big voice. Bang it. On the trash can. Bang it. On the street light. Think big. Think big. Think big. Think big. One little voice is Think big. Ooh, yeah. One little voice is Big. Then Doug goes into like he's singing with other people who just look like a bunch of stereotypes uh there's a man with a fez and a native american woman and an inuit woman the first guy looks like doug's dad (laughs) yep (laughs) i had to get my dad on this music video it's thinking big it's very cool get my dad on the music video and get him to dress up in I don't know, some kind of ethnic stereotype. And also my mom will dress up as a Viking, question mark? Look, yeah, we're doing a weird village people <laughs> riff here, and I'm not sure why. Kind of. I, I think it's supposed to be like the Michael Jackson, we are the world thing, maybe. I don't know. Uh, because he's clearly yeah. Michael Jackson. He's clearly Michael Jackson in this moment. He will stop being Michael Jackson shortly as he internalizes the lesson rethinking big. Yeah, he internalizes that by his face morphing into BB's face. And there's like a couple of frames of animation in this morph. And Doug actually looks kind of awesome in the like half BB, half Doug. <laughs> the perfect cartoon character. Yeah. Rich and with anxiety. <laughs> perfect. He's like Doug's face, but with BB's hair, but shorter and orange and like wearing earrings. It's kind of awesome. Then the BB face transforms into Porkchop's face, and it's just like awful Dilbert body horror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he looks the like- next perfect cartoon character. Yeah. Dilbert body horror is, incidentally, my single favorite uh, subdivision of uh, online erotic fanfiction. Oh, baby. That's a good description because it sounds like nonsense, but as soon as you said it, I could just clearly picture what it was in my head. <laughs> right it's like it's one of those things where like in a in a vacuum you're just like what the fuck but it makes so much sense Uh (laughs) uh-huh and then uh dilbert uh pork chop turns into skeeter and he just kind of looks like a nice hippo (laughs) (laughs) much less horrifying well though also antithetical to hippos hippos are the most dangerous animal on the face of the planet it's true, but the baby hippos are so cute. They're absolutely adorable, and touch one and mom will crush you to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> perfect. But perfect relationship. <sighs> well, uh, then they, like, do some more playing and music and singing. Uh, BB, like, BB, like, 
pulls the plug from them as Doug is banjoing off of a hook, which I think is a little symbolic. Yeah. And so BB pulls the plug and then she's standing at the top of like a staircase that with like a ba- black and white disco clothes and a crowd cheers as she pulls the plug. Thank you for stopping Doug from singing. <laughs> I kind of love that moment. Yeah. The banjo solo, Doug, it's a little much. <laughs> I love banjo solos. <laughs> and uh, the people will cheer when you lose power. No. It's <laughs> funny because you don't need power to play a banjo. Yes. Unless you want to play it really loud. <laughs> the electric banjo. I know that exists, and yet the idea is still just so inherently funny. Oh, hell yeah. Well, uh, BB starts to walk down the staircase with a bunch of uh, backup dancers around her. And then Doug and Skeeter fucking bust onto the stage wearing giant Kanye suits. Remember that uh, this video? ain't Kanye. This is David Byrne shit. This is oh, it's a little yeah. pump, too. I mean, that's a little pump song. Yeah, okay. I just had Kanye in it. Fair. Yeah. It's, it's an awful song that also gets stuck in my head. <laughs> The original one from this that Jim Jenkins is taking it from is there's a, like, the Talking Heads, like, one of their, uh, I forget what the music video was, but there's a thing of just, like, the front man in a suit that is just way, way too big for him, dancing around in a really weird way because the suit's clearly being puppeted. Gotcha. In conclusion, Jim Jenkins has seen a music video and wants to see if he could do one. Well... They waddle over and they try and step on BB, who is small, like she's like way small, and they keep start yelling "Think big" as well. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good symbolism. Trample on me, Doug. <laughs> no, you're so big, Doug. <laughs> oh, you're thinking so big. <laughs> oh my god, how can those thoughts fit in that suit, Doug? <laughs> oh. Well, uh, they trample over, and then all of their instruments explode, and BB is also in a giant suit now. And everybody says one little voice as they it pans out and shows that they are at the Bloatsburg Baseball Stadium. One little voice. And everyone is cheering and waving glow sticks. I think because they didn't want to have people waving lighters in a kid's cartoon. Yeah. One little penis. Thank you. Calling me. Hello, Sam. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, we've talked about this. (laughs) Don't refer to me on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go back to the guidance counselors. (laughs) I died 30 years ago, Sam. You have to let go. (laughs) You have to speak to Mr. Schlackier. (laughs) You've taken Mr. Computer from him. I've, I mean, I, yes, I have. I have several Mr. Computers. <laughs> Mr. Computer has ruined my life. <laughs> and he's enhanced mine anyway. <laughs> so. We'd like to thank Mr. Computer for allowing this podcast to exist and also curse him for what he has done to our brains. And Indeed. also yours, gentle viewer. Indeed. <laughs> Everybody needs a Brian. Well, uh, so it shows that now Doug has been dreaming this all night, and it shows him sleeping at home, but he keeps waking up by having ideas, he says. And he writes one down, which is idea, get big suit. <laughs> Good idea. I mean, yeah. Perfect. That's what you pull. <laughs> that's what you pulled from that music video. All yeah. the things that happen, you're just like, I want to look like Lil Pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what he pulled and i think so he says that like he's been having ideas all night like he couldn't sleep right but this is the only idea that he actually pulls yep (laughs) he he just like bolts awake and he writes down on his piece of paper the face of my father (laughs) oh no (laughs) he goes back to bed he writes down go to an eraser factory (laughs) 
hang self up on meat hook. Be depressed when BB turns the power off. <laughs> Step on BB. <laughs> Trap Skeeter in dimension where he is forced to chase animated garbage can. <laughs> Turn your face into Dilbert. <laughs> oh, Humanize yourself and face to bloodshed. <laughs> Well, uh, so there, Doug thinks to himself, he's like, hey, I remember that Connie got an A in home ec, so I bet she could make me help me make a big suit. Fun fact, the David Byrne suit that all this is based off of was legendarily an incredibly tricky thing to design. It's more an architectural project than, like, a suit, because if you're making it that stupidly oversized, you need, like, some support to keep the shoulders up. On the twiggy little man inside of it. Totally. So, Doug is just wandering in to ask the girl who we are told exogenously has a crush on him. Hey, could you just do an incredibly difficult thing on my behalf and I won't give you shit in return? Just do it on Mr. Computer. <laughs> right. Just do CGI. It's fine. And she does <laughs> do it because yeah. Doug ends up with a big suit, right? Yeah. So it happens. Uh Uh-huh. Whatever. (laughs) Well, it turns out, though, that when he arrives, that Connie tells us that BV has already invited her and Patty into the band. And Patty wants to play drums, which she has in storage somewhere. And Connie has an auto harp that she keeps under the couch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Doug is uncomfortable. He's like pissed. He wants to kick him out. He's like, no, we already have a drummer. (laughs) We're fine. Everything's fine. Do I really have to give you something in exchange for all this work I'm asking you to do on my behalf? (laughs) Well, the thing that convinces him to do it is that Patty gets sad. And Doug is like, wait, shit, I don't want to make Patty sad. Wait, we can have two drummers. slightly off topic but do you know what band has two drummers and i think it's the funniest thing ever the only one i know of which i was about to reference was slipknot <laughs> uh andrew wk's band has two drummers oh huh. shit <laughs> awesome it's the simplest beats and songs everybody has two drummers that you gotta, because you gotta play it louder <laughs> That's great. I love that. Well, so say, uh, uh, Doug here is forming either Andrew WK's band or Slipknot. Uh, maybe it's the grateful. Maybe they're making the Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead does have two drummers, and it's warranted in the Grateful oh, Dead. Fair enough. Maybe they are. Also, the uh, I, I dropped a reference to it at the start of this, but famously, the Who did have two drummers one night because Keith Moon had managed <laughs> to drink himself into a stupor between acts. Incredible. <laughs> that maybe that's what Doug is afraid that Skeeter will do. <laughs> exactly. Oh uh, well. So then Doug starts thinking to him. He's like, "All right, fine. Well, that's done now." And so he's like, "Oh, we also need to have a light show. We need to have a big light show during our act." So he goes to recruit Elmo, the AV nerd, who we've never seen before. We saw him once briefly. We saw him in the the episode when Doug and Larry fought. Elmo was there. Elmo bullied Larry. Larry into bullying Doug. Yes. That is the one time when we have seen Elmo. And we didn't know who was Elmo at the time. We just knew that there was someone in the AV club named Elmo. And then later we learned that this guy is Elmo. So we had to connect the dots here. We had to figure out who Elmo is. And if I do the light show, can I also be in the band, please, Doug? I'll try hard. I really will. Just let me play with you this weekend, okay? And I'll do the light show just like you wanted, please. And Doug is like, okay. And it it turns out that he's going to also play drums. And this in this, Doug like smiles and he's like, all right, sure, you can play drums. Whereas with Patty. Do you think they're done with this joke yet? No. Because they're not. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing also I think about Elmo, I think Elmo might be the cousin that BB is talking about because Elmo has BB's voice and he is also pink. So Elmo might be her cousin. From he maybe is the black sheep of the bluff line. Maybe. Or maybe he's he's just a throwaway character they invented for this scene and this scene alone. No, it couldn't be. 
Well, we need to have the deep Elmo lore. <laughs> like, the problem is that Elmo should have just been... God, I've already forgotten the guy's name. The AV nerd he beat up. Larry. 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 We were just like, talking about that. Elmo should have just been Larry. Like, well, Larry shows up, so... But he doesn't get any speaking <laughs> you can have both parts. of them. But Larry has a weird... Tra- anyway, we need to talk about Larry later. Anyway, we're, we gotta move on. <laughs> You're right, though. It should have just been Larry. I agree. I 100% agree with you here that this should have been Larry. Uh... But, so, Doug then go ask the Sleeches to do special effects, I guess. Uh, and the Sleeches are like, hey, we want to be in the band, too. Doug is like, oh, let me guess, you're a drummer, too? Ha ha. And they're like, no, lead guitar. <laughs> we want to I mean, be... You do need a guitarist, so there you go. Yeah, it's true. And they do a bunch of guitar motions, and later we find out they're good. Yep. They're good. Uh-huh. Also, I do appreciate the sleeches in the ecstasy of uh, thinking about playing electric guitar just immediately fall down on their stoop and just start rolling around flailing. <laughs> it's like when they were wanted to play Glorak and they started just like fist bumping and high fiving over Glorak. Or like anytime somebody says the word podcast next to us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, this somehow makes Doug more uncomfortable, even though he needs a guitarist, probably because it steps on his territory of being in the front. I, we were going to do a lead banjo thing, though, and I was also going to get to be lead vocals. Now, like, we're going to have something with any amplified power at all? Yeah, it's awful. Wait, one of you is able to play bass, theoretically. No! <laughs> Two guitars, we're both lead. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, now it's time for the first practice at Doug's garage. Doug is in his big awful suit, and they're standing around, and it shows that all the people in the band now, somehow Fentruck and Loretta have also been invited. And they play a giant horn. Yeah, they play like uh, one of those big alpine yodeling horns. Yeah. <laughs> because they're foreigners, you see. Ooh. Uh, but Larry is there. I, I don't know how Larry got recruited. Like, they didn't need him for, uh, lights. They already had Elmo. Larry just materializes. <laughs> kind of. And they also have the other AV guy here, Lincoln. Lincoln is here. And all three of them play drums. Lincoln, Larry, and Elmo all play drums. So, I guess if you get one AV guy, you take them all, and all of them play drums. They're a homogenous unit. <laughs> mm-hmm. They come as a group. Yeah. Also, they come as a group in other senses, but moving on. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And BB has a keyboard. She's here playing a unique instrument. Doug isn't playing at all, and he's just like, hey, let's do a practice. And they start all playing at the same time, and then Doug tells them they suck. And there's also a random girl wearing a tube top and a skirt and thigh-high boots who dances into Doug. Who we've never seen before. For, no, this is bizarre. There's not, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not for anything. It's not even Sorry, for, like, one of the dad. animators was horny that day. Yeah, I don't know what it is. She's just supposed to be like some weird backup dancer, I guess. I don't know. I guess the band has dancers. I that's, guess. I guess that's it. Well, I guess she yeah. doesn't dist- she doesn't detract. She's just there. I mean, yeah, if you're going to have 40 people in your band, 41 doesn't hurt too much. Yeah, pretty much. (sighs) Oh, well, they start to practice. And I guess that makes them good now, because they practice for like half a day and they're actually playing in time. Yeah, they're playing the song, which is remarkable. It's remarkable. Especially for (laughs) 11-year-olds. Yeah. And so Elmo is like, hey, I want a drum solo. And then he's like, yeah, because Lincoln and BB have already had solos and they fucking suck, Elmo says. Says it exactly like that. He says Uh they fucking suck. Yeah, he does. (laughs) And Doug says he's like, hey, not everyone can have a solo. And then everyone whines and he immediately folds and it's like, okay, everyone can have a solo. Doug folds like origami in this episode. In every episode, really. Uh This one is, I mean, he he doesn't even think to say no at any point. Right. It's just, hey, can we be in your band? Uh, fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, can we have a solo? Uh, okay. <laughs> More or less, you're right. 
And so the Sleeches jam, and they're like good now. The Sleeches play a good solo. We were big, all right. I was just hoping it would all come together the next day. Yeah, they had actual talent. Yeah. Well, they practice for one day, and now it's time for the show. Because they say, they're like, all right, for tomorrow's show. <laughs> and they they show up to a party that they have been booked at, which is in the back of a mansion. They get greeted by a butler. This isn't BB's mansion, right? This is a different mansion. I yeah. thought it was the same butler. It seems like they reused it was. the asset. They probably reused the asset. Right, because BB is like asking for permission to enter, and if this was her house, she wouldn't be doing that, right? Right. She tells him to go ar- go around back. Yeah, go out with the trash out back. <laughs> you can't come in here with your grubby little hands and you get chocolate all over my vases. <laughs> yeah. You got to get chocolate on the outside, not on the inside. And it appears that the party they've been booked for is a private party for babies. Perfect. The perfect. This is where I'm going to make it, baby. (laughs) You want to play at the baby party? Oh, yeah. It's where I'm going to turn into the next Kurt Cobain. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's, you got to start your dream somewhere. And where else but a baby's birthday party? Exactly. Are you, the, are you a member of the first band that is playing, which is just a yes. bunch of clowns? Yes, it's a bunch of clowns playing clown music, and <laughs> I, I laughed a lot. <laughs> you liked this joke? You liked being in the clown band? Yes, I liked that they were following the clown act. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that the clowns also stick around to watch the next act of a bunch of children for reasons that are no doubt not sinister. Yeah, they're just fucking chilling, playing cards. It's, it's great. Imagine if you're like, if you're a two-year-old and your parents book some clowns for your party. They play a weird song on the stage, and then they just go sit in the back and play cards in full makeup. What a weird performance, right? As the wife, Tom. <laughs> uh, she's com- she's complaining our car's too small. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Look, they gotta act the part all the time. Yeah, they can only fit a dozen pe- kids in there these days. <laughs> and you know we got a we got a dozen kids because you know what they say about a clown with big shoes. <laughs> they say he likes to fuck. <laughs> That's what the third clown says, and then the parents all stare at him with mouth agape. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? You know it's true. You guys got needs. It was in the brochure. It was in the brochure that clown number one likes to fuck. <laughs> That's the name of the band. Yeah. Clown number one likes to fuck. You knew what you were getting into. <laughs> the party for two-year-olds has hired Doug's Garage Band and the clown number one who likes to fuck. <laughs> oh my god these what children a... are going to grow up to be incredibly powerful and also start a <laughs> podcast about doug if only god <laughs> well they uh, they show up and the clowns finish playing they've just finished their fight their their third hit let me get that ass girl <laughs> and and uh they walk off the stage and doug is like Hey, let's. Uh, this is our big chance. Let's destroy this party, he says. <laughs> and the Skeeter is amped that it's a birthday party, obviously. Didn't they, don't they say like something like, Let's blow these kids out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> well, they set up for like an hour, they say. It takes them like an hour to put all their gear up because they arrived right when they were about to go they didn't do any like load in time they were just like oh yeah we just gotta start playing at 3 30 so let's get there at 3 30 and everybody's dressed up crazy like this the one of the sleech guys is in like a torn shirt with rocker glasses and bracelets and earrings and then okay this i think is weird did you guys look at larry in this scene like closely no he hurts my eyes when i look at him Okay, fine, because that makes sense, because he hurts my eyes more here. From this point on, Larry looks different. From from this point on through the rest of the episode, Larry looks like a baby. (laughs) 
He has a small round head. He's like much more circular. He's much smaller than in any other instance of Larry. His face is different, but he has the same shirt, the same clothes, the same like general style. He's the same big lips, but he's small. He's a baby. And like, I I don't know what it is, but for the rest of this episode, Larry is aging backwards. And I don't know what causes it. The baby Larry universe. It might be. Like, he might catch baby virus from being here. I don't know what it is. I didn't notice it. The only proper answer here is we have to, like, conservation of detail, every frame of painting, we understand that because there are clowns present and they are not immediately attempting to destroy Doug, they acknowledge him as one of their own. <laughs> the reason that they, these people are associated with Uncle Happy, and as such... As Uncle Happy's placed all of his power into the mask, these people are similarly capable of withdrawing power from the masks of others. That is Larry's true form. He uses a similar technique of AV nerddom to put on a face that is stronger and more powerful, but the clowns see through it. The clowns understand human frailty, and in the presence of clowns that seek to feed, Larry, like all of us, is reduced to a terrified baby. Oh my god, that's a good po- that's a that's an excellent point because this is the first time we've seen Larry and a cl- and a clown be in the same proximity to each other. Oh my goodness. The others may have higher clown resistance or perhaps just clowns recognizing that Larry is an AV nerd who also doesn't have any speaking lines in this episode is the safest victim to go after. Clowns are capable of extending their life through the laughter of children, but the screams (laughs) of terror will also suffice. My God. Larry, I'm sorry. You you weren't even invited. Doug didn't even have to go through a scene inviting you. You just showed up to support Elmo, and this is what happens to you. Yeah, no, this is what you get for uh, demonstrating any support to your friends. My God. Larry. (laughs) This (laughs) This is is all definitely what happened and not just they were off model on Larry for a few frames. Absolutely. I believe this. Every scene, it's a hot table on a Doug episode and anything (laughs) that happens is canon. (laughs) Oh, well, so they start setting up and they finally finish. Uh, All the kids are asleep at this point. It's amazing to me that a bunch of four-year-olds are able to sit long enough to watch a show and fall asleep on the table. Uh, but everyone starts playing and they all start, their instruments all start breaking. They start doing random solos at random times, but otherwise the band sounds mostly coherent, right? Yeah. Like yeah, for 40 people, it's fine. Yeah. This is 40 astonishingly good. My favorite part, though, so we we saw that, like, everybody, we saw all the people who are in here, and Loretta is one of the players, but during this scene, she's not playing, she's just wandering around the stage. Mm -hmm. She's, (laughs) the the traitorous Yakistanesians leave the stage. (laughs) She just We recognize when a band is eating shit, Doug. (laughs) Yeah. That's so great. Uh, And so... Doug tries to sing, but he gets interrupted by another drum solo, and then this is when Doug says he isn't having fun, because he's not allowed to sing. Oh, you brought this on yourself, dude. Kinda. This is your fault. You could have just said no. No, BB, you don't get to be in the band. Nope, but his his eyes got wide for money and fame, and he had to accept it. Famous? Famous? People will like me? (laughs) Yeah, the classic Doug bait. Well, they finally finish, and then Doug is like, boy, that sucked. And then it turns (laughs) out, (laughs) it turns out that the record store guy has been Mr. Spackle all along. The guy told him to shut up at the very beginning. What a reveal. What a huge reveal. My mouth was on the floor. (laughs) I was that wasn't being surprised though. It was for unrelated reasons. <laughs> it was I dropped, a, I dropped a potato chip. Right, I was literally about to say it was going to eat the chips on the ground. 
brown this chips. Is how, the tastiest chips. This is how you know we're friends, that we're finished each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... They, they, he walks around. It would have been great if, if Spackle had been one of the clowns and he's like, hey, kid, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for bringing a power source. <laughs> God, well. <laughs> we appreciate your work. Uh, you want to try to do a music video at some point? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, uh, so Spackle goes over and tells him it was sick, and then he goes over, he wants to talk to the Sleeches specifically. He probably wants to sign them solo. You're the only two people here with any talent. Yeah! And then, B, like, so BB comes over, and Doug talks shit on her. Like, what a fucking dick. He's like, hey, oh, you got a friend in the record business, eh? <laughs> like, he says that to her face. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. First time we've seen Doug be a smartass to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, this is also, I think, the first time Doug is sarcastic, too. It's weird, right? It's, like, disconcerting. It's like you feel like he's almost trying to be sincere, but he's also being sarcastic. Yeah, he's talking with no affect, and he's and he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Doug is capable of mouthing off in this case because it, it feels like it's Jim Jenkins doing what he wishes he'd done back in the when he was trying to get his break to somebody who said, Oh, no, I can totally get you a thing here. And, oh, it turns out that it was small and shitty and demeaning, and I kind of embarrassed by it i wish i had lashed out more at the person who gave me a shot god doug i'm afraid i have some bad news what you're out of the band what oh no really i'm sorry doug it isn't that jimmy doesn't like the banjo he just doesn't think it fits with rock and roll you know, when he's right, he's right. This has been a shit on the banjo uh, episode i guess it suck banjos are cool man <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're fine. I like banjo. They're fine. I don't hate them. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Doug is like, "Oh, you need another drummer," and BB's like, "Actually, yes." <laughs> <laughs> but Doug says, "Fuck you," and leaves. So as Skeeter goes over to eat cake from stealing from the babies, this <laughs> is how they got paid. <laughs> yeah, in cake, free cake. Hell yeah. Well, it turns out that Jimmy gets one more gig for... Oh, wait, do you think they still call it Doug's Garage Band after Doug leaves? Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. Hello, Bluffington. We are Doug's Garage Band. No longer Who's featuring Doug. Doug. <laughs> Introducing Doug? the one clown who fucks on drums. Get off the stage. <laughs> Clown just turns, unhinges his jaw, devours the heckler hole. <laughs> Who is Larry? Yes. <laughs> well, so they find out that their last gig was at the Bluffington Yodeling Society Cakewalk Jamboree, which is Bones Yodeling Cabal, where they do the fucking, like, time Illuminati shit, right? Yeah, also, yeah, you're getting a band of 11 year olds to play the yodeling society i feel as though that's the opposite of what they'd be interested in also all of them get chased out of the awful lovecraft house and part of the people some of the people that get chased out are kids from the party yes no, so that's mean, the thing some of them are kids from the party but one of them is larry who is a baby a straight up baby now <laughs> It's it's Larry in his uh like normal clothes. He looks like Larry, except he is like the height of like BB's knees and he looks like a baby. Another much more interesting episode has happened to Larry. I know, right? So like you're totally right, Sam, that they have brought some of the babies with them, but babe but Larry continues to transform into baby Larry. Baby Larry, baby Larry. <laughs> baby Larry. Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> he probably still wants to fight Doug. He's just like, Doug, that's a tough lord. He lose. He beat up like Kid Larry, but he loses to Baby Larry. Yeah, Baby <laughs> yeah. Larry has tapped into the limitless reservoir of contempt all babies have for Doug, and thus is capable of making it happen. Oh yeah, maybe he got lessons from Dale. <laughs> <laughs> so, at long last, you have graduated from my school. Recall. <laughs> 
The key to defeating the dog lies in understanding just put up any opposition. Go eat shit immediately. Baby Larry, in order to graduate, you must defeat your master. There may only be one master of a bullying dog. Now draw your sword. (laughs) As we said, a much better episode has happened to Larry. Indeed. (laughs) I'm baby Larry, and I'm here to say bullying at school ain't okay. (laughs) God. Clown horn in the background. (laughs) Yeah, let's keep the beat for me. Yes. Well, Doug and Skeeter decide to just go back to playing on trash cans. As Doug does air guitar while banjo songs still play in the music. They couldn't afford to put a banjo here. (laughs) And they say, well, I guess we'll just have to wait until junior high to be famous. Womp womp. And that's it. (laughs) That's the episode. I think the moral is think small. (laughs) Think small. (laughs) No. The moral is don't try to get big. Don't try to dream of a better future. Don't try to do better than what you are. Don't ever make a compromise to try to bring your vision into fruition. Just accept what is and abandon all hope of anything ever getting better because other people just step in and ruin it. Return in blissful, eternal stasis. Or don't invite girls into your band, because they'll just invite everyone they want. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Fuck that. I kind of want to keep that <laughs> that bit running. <laughs> parody, parody. <laughs> the bit about clowns who fuck, though, that bit we are keeping, right? Oh, that stays in, obviously. Okay, good. Just want to be sure. That's not in parody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Well, uh, so that's it, guys. I guess the moral is get small. <laughs> Think small, like my penis. <laughs> Folks. This episode has been brought to you by Folks. the Micropenis Advisory Council. I Matt. wish they'd sponsor us. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's call this one here. It's promo code micropenis on blueapron.com Indeed. to save, to save $0. <laughs> You moron, you fucking fool. To get your subscription to Blue Apron canceled. (laughs) They will send somebody out to your house with a bat, with a nail in it, to ask, God damn it, why this time? (laughs) And then they'll tell them about the funny papers and they'll go, oh yeah, that's a good show. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, let's call this one here, folks. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Sucking off a trash can. Cloud number two is Valsell. <laughs>